All right, you guys are here for it. Episode 37, Catching a Buzz. Um, obviously, an episode that's going to sting for us. Um, we're going to hold off on the Packer talk for a second. Um, just some notables around around the sports world in the past couple weeks, or past week, I guess. Um, the Preds suck, so that's been just another, you know, like, you know how there's like that saying where you you dig the knife in, but then you twist? Oh, yeah, the twist. Yeah, yeah the twist has, so far has been um, the Preds. Uh, they lost 7 to nothing uh, uh, last weekend against Dallas. Didn't fare much better in the second game. I think it was 5-2 to two or something like that. Um, so, kind of predictable. I thought for sure the Preds were going to struggle this season. But, um, I mean, it's early, but you can just see things aren't really going to work out. Um, the Hawks have sucked a little less. Yeah, so the Hawks coming out to a 2-3-1 uh, and one start, sitting in third in the Central. No big deal. Uh, what are we, six games in? I'm going to take that. Yeah, you got to take that. If you would have told yeah. me two weeks ago. I mean, you guys are in the playoffs right now. Yeah, season ends today, we're in. Yep. So I'll take it. Uh, currently up one nothing on the Preds. Yeah, big big series this weekend between our two teams. and uh, I'm sure... Uh, I'm sure... Like, I'm going to say that we're going to blow it, and then you're probably going to disagree and say, no, you guys just aren't going to pull it out. Yeah. Basically, we're not optimistic about either squad. No, but, not even close, yeah. And sure, are our two wins against the Red Wings? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, they are. The worst team in, college, in hockey right now. But, hey, yeah. we got an overtime loss to the Panthers. That ain't bad. The Panthers are, yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? Hey, I mean... At least, uh, no, we don't have anything going for no, either. This sucks. The way I look at it with the Preds right now is uh, we beat the team that we were supposed to beat twice, Columbus. They're they're good, but they're just a little worse than the Preds. Um, and we've lost to three playoff teams, well, two playoff teams three times. They lost to Dallas twice, and they lost to the Hurricanes. I don't know why they're scheduling a Hurricanes game in between two other Central Division games. Are the Hurricanes in the Central this year? Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. I thought it was going to be a cross-division shit, and I was like, what the fuck's going on? Um, only had to play them once, though, so I'm not mad. Um, but we've beat the teams we needed to beat. We lost to the teams that I knew we would lost, lose to. Um, so, yeah, that's about sums up the NHL right now. Uh, any There's a optimism percent on going 500. Is that a is that a possibility for either of our teams? I think Preds, uh, Pre- like I said in last week's, I think the Preds can sneak into the playoffs as the four seed in the Central, but it's going to be an uphill battle the whole way. I don't know what what Whitey's outlook is for. I mean, it's not great. Like, <laughs> would you rather compete for that four spot if you guys can, or uh, try and tank job? Oh, I'm fine with a tank job. Okay. I, I have, like, zero, and I mean zero idea about, like, any NHL draft stuff or, like, what a prospect to target is or anything like that. Yeah. But if, like, if they just came out and were like, hey, we're just going to tank this year, I'd be like, you know what, that's fine because we're not going to win the cup this year. No, like, no. I'm not, <laughs> like, I, I... See, at least you're in the boat where um, you've gotten a couple top picks the last couple of years and... It, the franchise knows what they have to do to mm-hmm. continue to rebuild. Um, the Preds are going to be stuck in this eternal win enough games to get a bad draft pick, but come nowhere close to winning a cup. That's even worse, I think. Oh, you're, yeah, you're stuck in sports purgatory. Yeah, and yeah, that's the like that's kind of like when the Clippers were supposed to be really good yeah, with Lob City, City, and they never you like you knew they weren't going to win anything. It's the same thing. Like 
You're going to make the playoffs. You're not going to get a good pick, but you're not going to win a championship. You don't make any splashes in the offseason because people don't think you can actually win in Nashville, so you're stuck with signing bums off the st- – oh, God. Yeah, hey, you're just bummer. stuck in sports purgatory. Yeah. Probably the worst place to be. Yeah. It feels like the Brewers are there, though, too. Yeah, I mean, hey, but uh, I'm, I'm going to add this quick. Phil, you know who the Brewers are in the top four for in a free agent this year? Uh, who is that, Whitey? Justin Turner. Yeah, uh, we were talking before the show, and we, we got his name wrong twice. Yep, we named, I, I said Evan. You said Evan Turner, which is a basketball player, mm-hmm. and I said Josh Turner. Um, closer because it starts with a J, but he, he's a country But he doesn't play singer. a sport. This is true, so I was closer but further at the same time. Right, you had a country singer. I had the completely wrong sport. Yeah. But his name's Justin, his and name he's is, pretty good. Yeah, I, I've absolutely hated him to death um, while he's been in Los Angeles because <clears> he's, <throat> he's bopped our heads in a, in a couple, two, three times. But if he's a if he's a brewer, I love him. Oh, absolutely. I saw the stats. He had 307 last year. Obviously, third base production is a place that the Brewers have been lacking for the really last couple of years. You know who kind of reminds me, like when I think of just like the absolute – Mediocre mediocrity we've had at third base for the past twenty years. What's that? Uh, Casey McGee. Casey McGee is a name that you forget about as a Brewers fan, but Jesus Christ, that's been like the standard at third base for us. Yeah, I mean, you talk about a name that unlocks memories. There you go. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously we had moves for those two years. First year was great, couldn't hit in the playoffs. Second year, less great. Still couldn't hit in the playoffs, so I mean, it's really just been a struggle at third base. If we can somehow bring Justin Turner to a small market like Milwaukee and bring a guy in that, that that'll hit maybe 300 with maybe 20 bombs, I mean, he's gonna be playing in in Miller Park and oh, fuck, what the fuck is it called now? I'm I'm still calling it Miller Park. Fuck it. Yeah, they, what is it? It's American it's Family Insurance Field, Brewers Stadium. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. American Family Field. Yikes. The weird thing about, like, and I like I don't like that it's not Miller Park anymore either, but the weird thing is I don't know if there's ever been a time where fans are pissed about a corporate name going to a different corporate name. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. people were pissed when we stopped calling the Brewers Stadium County Stadium. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, you're selling out. Like, people hate corporate sponsorships as it is. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's ever been a time where someone's as been much like. backlash. Right, where somebody's been like, you, you can't change this name. This name is everything. And, and unless you are going to be new to the baseball world in a couple of years and you, you haven't really been uh, maybe a Brewer fan or whatever, nobody that's been around this team for, say, the even the last year is going to call it anything but Miller Park. It's just synonymous name. Well, it just fits so good. Miller, Miller Beer the for Brewers. the Brewers. Yeah. I, I think I, I we're don't. Not the, we're not the insurance agents. Yeah, like the Steelers <laughs> aren't ketchup. Yeah. This, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, never going to call it American Family Insurance Field. Um, just more kind of depressing news for this overall depressing episode. Trust me, we're going to get to NFL in a bit, but um, more depressing stuff. It, it, Wisconsin sports are not blessed a lot of the time. Um, even in what, even when we are blessed, we end up choking in in the finals or whatever it is most of the time. Um, choking in the playoffs has been a big thing about the uh, the Bucks and Giannis. Um, although we aren't in the playoffs yet, 
The Bucks just lost back-to-back games. They're now 10-6 since we last talked. Um, they lost these back-to-back games against, some would call them title favorites in their respective um, Conference. conferences. Um, the Nets, obviously with James Harden, um, now in that lineup, lost to him 125 to 123, and then of course we lost to the Lakers 113 to 106. Um, and this this is so early on in the season, but I feel like this is just going to be indicative of what happens for the rest of the season. Is the really top tier teams you just can't get over the hump, and it's been that way for the past couple years. Yeah, I'd feel a lot better if we beat one of these teams and not got swept. Yeah, especially if if we would have beaten the Nets, I would have been fine. All Lakers, who gives a shit? It's early on in the season. Who cares? But the Nets really bothered me. Um, it wasn't with Kyrie, I believe, and I don't know how that Kyrie dynamic's going to be. I think I think it was the last game before Kyrie joined back on. Yeah, because it was like right away. It was like Harden joined, and like their next game was against the Bucks. Yeah. Um. So that three-headed monster is still going to be something to be seen. Uh, they did lose their first game with Kyrie, or their second game with Kyrie. They almost lost to. Uh, fuck! I'll bring up their schedule real quick. Yeah, no, it's like it's already interesting to see. I mean, I like the like as much as I'm not like a huge drama guy in sports, I think NBA drama is awesome. Yeah. So if you like if all they want to talk about is how the relationship is already fractured between the Nets big 3, I'm fine with that. I'm sure it isn't cuz like you played what like 2 3 games together. Yeah. But if they want to talk about it, I'm fine with it. And them talking about that relationship, uh quick foreshadow here is a lot better than them talking about another relationship that happens to be in Wisconsin. Yeah, um, I think, if I'm right saying Kyrie joined the game after the Bucks, uh, joined back on the team, uh, they went 1-2, and two, both losses coming against the Cavs. That was that Colin Sexton game where Colin went off. Yeah, it did. And then they lost to him again, but then they just beat the Heat. So, uh, just going to have to, it's a waiting game to see how that big three is going to do. Um, just some quick Bucks talk. Drew's playing decent. Giannis is playing. Everyone's just playing okay. I feel like there hasn't been superstar numbers coming out of really anybody. Um, but I mean, Giannis has put up insane numbers these past couple years, but it's never been on minutes. It's never been on this insane workload of minutes because that's not the way Coach Bud coaches. He needs to change that up in the playoffs, but that's the way he coaches. He has his superstars more rested than most teams in this league. Um, so, yeah, the Bucks lost almost half their games that they lost last season already. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's tough. But uh, I'm not too worried. We'll move on to NFL. Just get it over with. Actually, we're gonna prolong it just a little bit more. Chiefs beat the Bills in the late game. Um, I was a little surprised this one got the late game. I know it was the young guns. Patrick Mahomes, the face of the NFL right now, so you got to put him on the late primetime matchup. Uh, but you had goat versus goat in the early game, which was a little weird. Um, I ended up turning this game off a little after halftime, I believe, um, because it was just clear and obvious to me that the Chiefs were just going to run away. With it. I mean, it was a 14-point game to end it, so it's not terrible. But like, if 14 is the closest you can get as an AFC opponent in the AFC Championship game, is Patrick Mahomes just going to go to 10 straight Super Bowls? Yeah, that's uh, like the. When just watching this game and knowing, you know, that uh, obviously Tom Brady's out of the AFC and you got a team like uh, the Steelers who have fallen off and they're losing Big Ben, so you got to kind of think they're going to be out of it. And, you know, the Ravens have obviously been good, uh, really good last year, and then have just kind of fallen apart in the playoffs a couple times. 
and the Bills didn't come close to beating the Chiefs. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, like I, Patrick Mahomes is obviously shown that he's got a good shot to be one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. But damn it, like I don't want to have to root for him to not make it. But like, if he's just gonna do this every year, it's just gonna turn into the Patriots, where I just root for them to not succeed. Yeah, it, it, and you know what's gonna be tough is this this coming weekend or two weekends from now, I guess. Um, when Super Bowl Fifty Five rolls around, because on one end you got Tom Brady. If he wins another Super Bowl with a different team, I mean, he's already the goat, but he's gonna be even more cemented in. And if Patrick Mahomes wins, he wins his second ring, and Rodgers is sitting there after year sixteen with one, and that's gonna be a huge narrative. So I don't know what the I I I don't want the Buccaneers to win, but I. Don't want to hear all that fucking slander already about Mahomes being better than Rodgers, his legacy. It's nowhere close already. No, I mean, anything can happen. Like, obviously, there's some, you know, freak stuff, like, God forbid, an injury or something like that. Sometimes guys just, you know, don't age as well as other players or whatever. So, yeah, I like, that talk's going to get annoying, but there's no way I'm rooting for the Chiefs to not win this game. Okay. And not only, like, I want them to wax the Buccaneers. Fair enough. I think they have a very good chance of doing it. I don't think this Buccaneers team is that great. I know they they're going to the Super Bowl as the NFC representatives, but I just there's something about that team that just doesn't click. And I think Tom Brady's just willing this team. And it's not even his play. I think it's more the mantra he brings into that locker room is willing their team to win. Um, but a little recap: Mahomes went 29 for 38 for 325 and three. Josh Allen went 28 28 for 48. Uh, 287 and two with one interception. Um, Bill started out nine nine zero, uh, but even then you could tell. <laughs> well, yeah, because like something I mean, about the Chiefs, where they, I mean, they could. I mean, you saw it in last year's playoffs. You could be up 24 to three, and you'd still know you're going to lose. Yeah, it was. It was a weird way though. It's not like they went up nine nothing because they were dominated, and the Bills got a field goal, made the Chiefs punt. Uh, Bills get the ball back, they punt. The only reason the Bills even got that second touchdown is because Mecole Hardman muffed the punt and it rolled back to the one where the yeah. Bills jumped on it. Like, other than that, they really didn't do anything offensively till the end of the game when they uh, scored and got an onside or whatever. But, uh, yeah, like, just the whole time you knew it's like, all right, when are the Chiefs going to turn it on? It's like when a, are they going like to turn it on? It's like a cat and mouse, like, the Chiefs, I swear to God, before they're in a playoff game in the locker room, they're like, okay, how many points can we let up before we actually start trying on offense and then just absolutely dismantle them defenses? Yeah, and every week it's like, all right, the Chiefs turned it on to beat you know, this. Like they had to do with the Falcons. They had to turn it on late. And they make all these comebacks. And we keep, like, everybody keeps talking about, all right, when is that going to, like, that's not going to last forever. Well, I don't know. I think it's kind of working. Um, we'll talk about predictions uh, and obviously the Super Bowl preview next week. Um, they have that extra week buffer <clears throat> in between the games. Um, so we'll be talking about that next week. Uh, now comes the part we've all been waiting for. Packers lose 26-31 to to the Bucs. Couple, a uh, couple key notes about the game. LaFleur decides to kick a field goal down 23-31, fourth and goal. Um, I think it was from the eight-yard line. Packers score six points off three Brady interceptions in a row. Um, and Rodgers, obviously, um, 
the fucking stupid ass media members who think there's there's narratives in this whole thing. Um, Rogers obviously commenting on um, the post game press conference of oh I'm not sure like I'm uncertain of my future or whatever. Um, he said today on the Pat McAfee show I don't think there's any reason why it wouldn't be back. Um, just I mean I, I would like to uh, go through a couple of my tweets. Uh, as a very drunk human being depressed after losing a fourth NFC championship game in seven years. Um, so these are my tweets following, or I'll start with my first tweet, which was during the game. Uh, it was the touchdown to Scotty Miller right before the end of the first half. Um, this one says fire Mike Patton question mark. Feels like I've been saying it since last year in San Fran. Um, is, was that not the most obvious move in the entire world last offseason? Fire Mike Patton? Yeah, I thought I was surprised when we brought him back for another year. And then, you know, you're kind of like, well, the season, like, you typically don't fire a coach from a, like, successful team midseason. It's like, once he came back, uh, once he came he back I was like, all right, yeah, like, he's riding this thing out the whole way. But, yeah, that was probably, like... Like, I remember just yelling at the TV, like, how do you let that happen? Because it was a scenario that there's only one play that you're really protecting against. Eight seconds left. Eight seconds left. If you let him get out of bounds and get a five-yard shorter field goal right before half, so be it. You're only down seven at half then. Yeah, you can live with that. You move on. But to give up a touchdown right before half... When there was only one way they were going to score a touchdown. It's not like they were inside the 10. There was one way that they could score a touchdown, and that was going to be on a vertical or any vertical route. And that's exactly what happened right before half. Yeah, you know what was (sighs) the best was that, um, I mean, if you watch any Packer game over the past two years, you know that Kevin King, no matter the situation, is playing eight yards off the ball at least. He was almost impressed that play. And just got beat. Like, and like, I'm not saying that he was impressed, like, as in he was right up on the line of scrimmage, but it looked like he was, he wasn't expecting anything deep at all. He was trying to jump on that short route and he just got slow, slow to turn the hips, couldn't recover. He has no recovery speed. That pissed me up. Next week, uh, this was after I realized, yep, Tom Brady got the ball back with three minutes left or whatever it was, and we weren't getting it back to score. Um, I really love wasting 12 years of Aaron's career with bad defense. It's my favorite thing. Um, this is more so we, – we've upgraded on defense the past couple of years. I'll give the Packers that. But the last two defensive coordinators we've had are old fucks that are delusional, that think they know how to play defense against this era's teams, and they don't. Dom Capers was a bimbo towards that. Great Great D coordinator when he was in his prime and knew what was going on, but I feel like he just fell apart. And then Mike, Pe- I think Mike Pettin was the first one after Dom, right? Yeah, we brought him in after uh, and, Dom Capers. He he earned his job. He he earned his head coaching job in Cleveland because he was a great D coordinator. But he hasn't shown his ability to coach a defense in the past five years. So what the fuck are we doing here? So another kind of Mike Pettin jab. Um, kind of just defense hasn't really shown up in the playoffs. I mean. Uh, Zadarius and Preston almost go extinct in the playoffs, it feels like, at least in NFC Championship games. Last year, I think they had one pressure combined, and this year they had one pressure combined. I don't know what's happening with that defense, whether it's mental or if it's play calling or what it is, but it just bothers the hell out of me. Then I went on a rant that said I have no idea what's going to happen. 
I'm embarrassed to be a Packers fan, which is kind of true, um, but I, I'm, not, I'm never going to change that. Uh, front office is a joke. Um, team builds for NFC championships, not even considering a Super Bowl. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, you, you point the fingers at Mike Patton. You point the finger at Kevin King. You point the finger at Shannon Sullivan, at the Smith bros. I don't know. The defense... This is the, I mean, give them credit. They didn't allow 37 points like the average over the past four NFC Championship games or whatever it's been, but god damn it. Yeah, I mean, really, like, you know, you talk about, like, oh, like, that was a good all-around team win. This was just a team loss. Like, there, yeah. you could point to really any aspect. You could point to the offense stalling out after somehow getting three interceptions of Tom Brady in a row and getting six points. Yeah, shout out to the defense for that, but I like mean, you, you know, you score a couple after you score more points off those, the whole game's different. Defensively, you know, either either you hold them on that uh last, you know, possession or whatever you want where they had to make them go three and or out. Or you don't jump six yards before the ball gets there on the first Mike Evans touchdown or Right, or you 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 don't give up essential. I'm, I'll call it a hail mary right before half, even though it wasn't really a hail mary. But you you kind of get the point. It just all like aspect. If if our kick coverage could fly down there a little better and not give them Holy the ball shit, at the we 35, need new, we need a new special teams coordinator. That'd be great. I knew I knew things were gonna go bad, and that I would just end up needing about five stiff drinks after the game. The first play of the game, kickoff. Allows him to start at the 37. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, and then the defense, you know, the whole first quarter not getting off on third down once when they were all of them, but I think one of the third down conversions they got in the first quarter were at least eight yards, yeah, third and eight yeah. or more. I think they're, by the time they finally failed a third down conversion, it was the second quarter, and the average yard to gain before then on third downs was like 7.3 or something. That's ridiculous. There was a yeah. there was that third third and fourteen jailbreak screenplay to Chris Godwin for first down where it seemed like we didn't have a linebacker on the field. I mean, I realize that you're probably playing dime or nickel, but Jesus Christ, what was that? And I mean, well, I, we'll get down to the we'll get down to the Lafleur decision, but I think the th- thing that bothered me more was just the turn the turnovers were great in that last in that third quarter and fourth quarter. Three three ints in a row. Um, I think we went three and out on two of those, and then like five and out on the next one. Where's the killer instinct from Aaron Rodgers there? Well, and uh, to kind of go, yeah, like it was just like we get the first. What was it? We scored a touchdown off the first interception. Right. Yeah. So like, I'm watching, thinking, all right, we just gotta, we just gotta stop them, and you know, we'll be good. We get another interception, drive stalls. I'm like, okay, that's not good because you're not gonna get three interceptions off Tom Brady in a row. Well, we got it. Yeah. And we didn't score. Like, ah, just. Yeah. Um, And you're like watching the plays, and you know, it didn't help that one another key that kind of screwed us the entire game. The O line got ran over the entire game. Well, that's what happens when you have to start a 36-year-old Rick Wagner on the right tackle and you're shuffling Billy Turner over to the left side because you lost David Bakhtiari. But the offensive line was nowhere near what they did the whole entire regular season and the postseason game beforehand. 
Yeah, we obviously handled the Rams, who, yeah, they don't have as, I would say they don't have as good of a front seven as the Buccaneers, uh, just because, like, yeah, the Rams have Aaron Donald, and Leonard Floyd's been playing well, but I think the Buccaneers have one of the best front sevens in the NFL, if not the best, but still, like you said, the way the offensive line had dominated all year long and dominated the Rams without Bakhtiari... I still was like, okay, we're going to handle them. Like, you know, yeah, they might get a few sacks, get a couple pressures here and there, but it was constant just ball snapped, either getting two guys coming from the outside or somebody's coming up the middle with pressure. It was just constant. And that that makes it hard to get any rhythm going, too. Yeah. Um, I would have loved to seen a lot more A.J. Dillon in the second half. I know you're down 21 to 10 going into halftime, and then Aaron Jones fumbles, and you're down. 28 to 10 and it's like okay we got to throw our way back to the game we have the mvp put it on his shoulders would have loved to see i feel like aaron i felt like aaron jones was a non-factor obviously he got hurt um but jamal was doing all right but aj Dillon, i felt like was gashing him for six seven yards a run and you can't really you can't use him to his full ability when you're down 18 i get that but i will would have loved to see more of that um I think I, I guess we'll get to the Lafleur decision now. Um, you're down eight on the eight yard line. Your first your first play of the red zone attempt or the goal, goal to go attempt. Um, I think that was was that the Devonte back shoulder miss. Oh uh, yeah, I think so. And then the second play was ugly. I forgot even what it was, but I remember it being terrible, so you waste the play there. And then the third play third was... The play was a touchdown to Devontae in the back of the end zone, but he couldn't get his feet in. Um, well, yeah. that might have been the uh, second, because the third play, the third down play, was when Rodgers kind of scooted out to the right and then threw it to Devontae right on the goal line. Oh, yeah. But it was kind of... It was, it was a tight window for sure yeah. where the two guys collapsing on him. So, you, you got that decision to make... Um, I guess my thought process would would be um, defense played well in the second half. I'll give it to them, but you can't give the ball to Tim Brady with five minutes to go when that's all he's done for his entire career is just he knows how to oh, win he, in that situation. It was less. It was like two. Was it? I can't remember quite the details, but I think it was uh, we kicked the field goal oh, because then, the kickoff he slid, which preserved the two minute yeah. warning. Yeah, even last time. And you think the defense is going to get off, and then they don't do it. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, but the way that Tom Brady runs his offense, I don't see how you think you're going to win the game if you kick that field goal. And I know it's fourth and eight from or fourth and goal from the eight yard line. Nobody really has an eight yard touchdown play, but you got to draw something up, dig in the bag of tricks, do something. I just don't, and I and I even texted a couple of buddies and I said I didn't hate the call when it happened, but thinking about it, I mean, I don't know what the analytics are. Obviously, there's been this big boom of analytics guys talking about oh, chance to win the game if he kicks the field goal. Blah blah blah. Well, blah. I I did see um, the analytics. We actually had. I think it was like a one point. Uh, it was one point better to go for it than it was to kick the field so goal. So about a wash. Yeah, it was analytically it was a wash whether we kicked the field goal or went for the touchdown. Yeah. Um. Going forward. Um. I, I guess let me like my thing with the decision is 
Like, would I, would I, I mean, obviously I'm not an NFL head coach, so I can't really say what I have done, what would I have done, um, but would I have went for it? Probably, I guess, maybe just because, you know, maybe I would have just done it because that's like the traditional thing that you would do in that situation. Yeah. And what else sucks is, if not, and not to blame the refs, because like I said, <laughs> like it was a team loss. But if the refs had called that third down play for the Buccaneers that sealed the game, like they had called the rest of the game, yep. the plan would have worked out and Aaron Rodgers would have got the ball back. Yeah, that was... Uh, I, like, I definitely get the frustration about, like, why are you, you know, basically you're making it so Aaron Rodgers might not have a chance to go win the game for you, and I get that. But, like, it was very... We were one, whatever it was, holding or pass interference. Either way, it was as once they threw the flag, it was automatic yeah. first down. But we were one penalty away from that working out. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the holding was obvious. He grabbed the back of his shirt or whatever. Um, but you go back to the obvious holding on Aaron Rodgers' interception, and it's like... Well, are we calling the game the same way? Are we calling it different because it's in crunch time and you got Tom Brady trying to win a game? I did not enjoy the officiating at all. Obviously, um, as a Packer fan, you feel slighted by some of the refs' calls. Um, and I see now what the AFC's been dealing with, where I, I, I've watched Tom Brady for the past 10 years absolutely rip, rip people up in the uh, AFC Championship game, and everyone's complaining about calls. I'm like, hey, yeah, they're kind of there, but they're not really, and everyone's talking about Tom Brady bias. Um, I'm a full believer in it now. Yep. Uh, so that sucks. Absolutely sucks. Um, I'd just say, um, I, I guess we talk about going forward. Um, obviously, in the heat of the moment, I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers deserves to win another uh, Super Bowl. Maybe Green Bay is not the place because I don't think Green Bay really knows how to get over the hump there. Um, I was throwing out things like, oh, why, not, why doesn't he go home and play with uh, San Fran, his hometown team? Uh, they they have a great defense, uh, a great setup with Kyle Shanahan. I, I obviously like don't. I would never want to see Aaron Rodgers leave Green Bay ever. But it feels like, I a lot of people are saying Green Bay is his best chance to win another Super Bowl. At this point, it's just depressing, and I maybe I'm blinded by my fandom of it of Green Bay. But it just feels like it's just constant disappointment every single year, and it pretty much is. Yeah, I think we have well, like. It's not even a think. We do have the most NFC championships this decade, and we are uh, now one and four in NFC championships. Yeah. Uh, Rodgers is one and four. The team's one and four. LaFleur is 0 oh and 2. Just not. Yeah, I mean, it sucks to get that close to the Super Bowl. And am I saying we would have came in and beat the Chiefs? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But, like, it just. Like Rogers said last year, like I think we're gonna be on the right end of one of these at some point. It's yeah. like, damn, like are, are we? Are we? <laughs> did we like? Did Packer fans do something wrong? Yeah. Like, do do I need to sell my shares as an <laughs> owner and solidify ownership to one guy? <laughs> like, um, yeah, yeah. It's just frustrating, especially because you know last year I think everybody, every Packer fan deep down, kind of knew like, yeah. Went thirteen and three. We might be a good team, but we're probably not legit. Yeah. But this year is like our offense, best in the NFL. Rodgers is rolling. The defense is getting turnovers, which you know kind of cover up any struggles they yeah. had. And yeah, it just you fall five points short again. Yeah. Um, let me, 
You know what pisses me off? Huh. So Tom Brady gets to have his first playoff game in the NFC against one of the worst teams to ever make the playoffs. Yeah. And then goes to New Orleans without a crowd, which is what makes playing in New Orleans so difficult. And he's already got to play them twice. Against Drew Brees, who had three turnovers. And his defense got a fumble, so he... His defense got him four turnovers. They beat him. Then he has to go up to Lambeau with a Florida team. Obviously, Tom Brady's used to playing in the cold New England, but he's on a Florida team. It's 40 degrees, and there's like 6,000 people at Lambeau. Yeah, sunny. And I saw an article today, like, was this Tom Brady's toughest playoff road to the Super Bowl? No No. chance. Beating the Chiefs in Arrowhead last year, or two years ago, wherever. Yeah, two years ago. ago. At the AFC Championship game, that was way tougher than this game. Like I, okay, are the, were the Packers a very good team? Yes. Were the Saints a pretty good team? Yeah. So you had to play two solid teams on the road, but without a crowd. Yeah. In fine, like good weather. This was like it was not the toughest road he's had to go down. No, not at all. That's what I get tired of is just acting like it's like. Is it impressive that he's doing what he's doing at the age of forty three? Obviously, nobody's ever been able to do it before. But I'm tired of, like, age just being like, uh, oh, like, uh, he's this old and did this. That's amazing. Like, that's why he's the greatest. Well, that's not why he's the greatest. He was considered the greatest before he turned 40. Being 43 has nothing to do with it. And just because he's one year older doesn't make it a harder road. No. Um, I would love to talk about a couple things about maybe the draft or, or personnel changes. Uh, obviously, Aaron Jones is going to want a new contract. Um, do you think it's worth it to re-sign him for the money he's going to want to want? He's going to want, I should say. It's tough because do I think he's worth a lot of money? I do. Like Even with how good our O-line is, he's shown that he's a very talented football player. And he's going to ask for a lot of money, and he, I would say he deserves a good amount of money. Yeah. But just based on the fact that you know, Devontae Adams is going to have a contract at some point in the next few years. Jair Alexander's contract is coming up. Who knows what's going to happen if we have to restructure a deal with Rodgers or anything like that. Just based on, you know, the salary cap's not going to go up with COVID. And Corey Lindsley needs a new deal who is an all-pro center. I don't think we're going to sign him. And I can understand why just because... He ain't, he's not going to take a big discount, and I don't blame him for doing yeah. that. And I think there's other areas that in today's NFL you got to address before you address a, a good running back. I think uh, a couple things have been important for us as far as reasons not to sign him. A.J. Dillon proved that he can run against NFL defenses, um, and Jamal is going to require less money and has shown he can produce. Um there's also this really cool thing that I really love lately. Uh, don't pay running backs. Yep. That's one of my favorite sayings. So I, I think I'm on the – it's sad to say because Aaron's done so great these past couple years. But, I mean, don't pay running backs. Well, he's a guy that's easy to root for. Like, you know, you see merch with Aaron Jones on it. and He's having a good time on the sidelines and interacting with fans. And we've had fans and everything. Like I definitely, if he if he's not wearing a Green Bay uniform, I'm gonna be rooting for him. Yeah, I just have a hard time seeing any way that he does stay in Green Bay next year. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would like to bring up maybe uh, 
what she, what we should do in the draft. Um, I think a lot of the hate for um, not drafting an offensive weapon last year is going to be less. It's going to be too lesser of an extent because Marquez and Allen both proved in the NFC Championship game that they could play at the highest level. Uh, I think they both they caught, I think, a combined eight or nine passes for 170 yards or something and a touchdown. Um, Marquez has just, he's proved so much to me over this past year. <clears throat> and I'm not sure anybody else, like the national media feels the exact same way because a lot of the time when they see Marquez, they're not watching the whole game. They're seeing that one drop that gets played on Twitter 20 times before you even hear the rest of the game. Um, Lazard proved to me this year that he can be a strong number two. He just, he's going to continue to get better. Um, I think you look defensively. I mean, we've gone defense for the past couple drafts, at least besides this last one. I mean, I think it was five or six in a row where we went defense. Um, I would love, love, love to get a corner that can sit across from Jair and actually do something. Because throughout the whole season, whether or not you saw it, whether or not everybody saw it, some people saw a crack starting to form with Kevin King. Obviously, the way the defense is called is is a product of his ability to play cornerback. But it seemed like to me throughout most of the season, he was just getting by enough. Just doing enough where it's not blowing up all in his face. But you have a dude in the NFC Championship game that you're playing against called Tom Brady. He's going to exploit everything. And he knows that he... he there, there was no way he was going to Jair's side. So you send Kevin King eight yards off the ball, and then you got Chandon playing the slot guy there. You got to go defensively. If, it, if it's me, I'm going cornerback early. I, I'm thinking first round. Well, another thing with that is, you know, um, who knows if they're going to re-sign Kevin King or not. Yeah. Obviously, you know, they know. The front office knows how to evaluate talent better than all of us fans who were, you know, all calling for Kevin King's head. So whether we sign him or not, yeah, I think corner depth or a potential starter opposite of Jair is something to look at. Uh, also, you know, still still linebackers an area or, or uh, like a three tech D lineman yeah. kind of play next to Kenny Clark and Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes they have they've played well I thought yeah. all things you know you look at an undrafted rookie free, uh, free agent and uh whatever it was like fifth, fifth or, or sixth, sixth rounder, rounder yeah. free agent I thought that for all things considered they played well but you can never I mean we saw with Tampa Bay they got Avante uh, David and Devin White two yeah. linebackers that can fly around you know go sideline to sideline play in the run game no matter whether you're trying to run it right at him or run away from him. Not saying we're going to be able to get a Devin White talent at whatever we got. Pick 29, 30. I think it is. I think we get 30. Either pick 20, you know, yeah. late first-round pick, not saying that we'll be able to get a guy who can come in right away and have that impact. But I think linebacker depth would be a good place. Uh, you know, depending on what happens, if we you know hopefully re-sign Corey Lindsley, uh, I think we should. All pro center helped anchor one of the best offensive lines all season. I think it was PFF two. Yeah, somewhere center. up there. All pro. Uh, if we don't, if you know, somehow maybe some other team that's got a lot of cap just throws a ton of money at him. Maybe you look at O line, interior O line in the first round. But you know, after last year's NFC Championship, it was like, man, like we're still a long way off from being yeah. able to reach the peak. But 
I don't think we're that far. You, you look at what happened this game, and it's not like we really got necessarily outplayed yeah. to a certain extent. It's more like the Packers should have been able to win this game. Yeah. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were always so good at you know deferring to the second half, scoring right before mm-hmm. the half, and scoring after the half. Well, we deferred. Rodgers throws a pick right before uh, the end of the first half, which led to that touchdown. And then coming right out of the half, Aaron Jones fumbled, got them inside the red zone immediately. So they still got to put up 14 in a yeah. row, really without us having the ball. So you, I look at this game, and it's one like that's what's so frustrating about it compared to last year is we easily could have won this game. So I don't think this with this year's draft, I'm not going into it as much like we got to do a lot. Yeah, it's more so like we got to find the right piece to just kind of solidify where we're at and just get us over that last little hump. Yeah, before I before I say what I was about to say, um, I saw a tweet that I think it was from Hod or some one of the Packers beat writers, and um, it had said, um, "If you would have told me that we'd be down." what was it, 8 or 11 or whatever it was, um, going into the fourth quarter with Tom Brady only scoring three points for the rest of the game and also throwing three interceptions, you you would like to think there's a 99% chance Green Bay wins that game. Oh, I would absolutely jump at that opportunity. Yeah. Um, just, just a little tweet I saw, and I just remembered now that, yeah, I mean, Packers probably, you could you could say they should have won the game. Um, but I think it would be super fun to bring up a topic where, um, Aaron Rodgers says he wants to play till 43, 44, like Tom's doing now. Um, you're either going to restructure his deal if, if you want to stick with Aaron Rodgers for the next five years, next four years, next five years. Um, I think it would be very, very interesting if you were somehow able to get something for Jordan Love because he spent the first round draft capital on him. Not a lot of people had him first round, but some people did. Some people were predicting he'd go first round. You spend that draft. I think it was uh, Todd when Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper were going at it. I think uh, Todd McShay put up like a five grand bet towards charity that he would go before Herbert. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he, he was in those conversations of, of top 15 pick for a lot of people. Um if you're going to restructure a deal with Aaron Rodgers or, or extend him or whatever you're going to do for the next four or five years, by the time that four or five years is up, Jordan Love's contract is already long gone. He signs a, what, five-year deal for being a first-rounder? Yeah, four, uh, four, four years, years with a team, team option. So, I mean, at what point with Aaron Rodgers playing the best football he's ever played at 37 years old, I mean... Are you even going to get a chance to see what Jordan Love can do? Not really. Unless Aaron absolutely goes <clears throat> batshit decline once he hits 39 and you have to start Love. But Right. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Goody does because from what I like what he's done so far with the team. And, you know, hopefully he's the type of guy that isn't afraid to kind of move on from a high pick. Yeah. You know, you Especially like, when it's early on and he still has a little bit of capital. If you if you let him sit behind Rodgers for three years and he does absolutely nothing, doesn't even really play that well in the preseason, you're fucked out of a top or pick. I mean, well, first yeah, rounder. Especially because, you know, as much, as much as practices are limited, sure, the media doesn't really know what Jordan Love's doing. 
but the team knows how he's doing. The team sees him in practice every day. So the team kind of knows where he's at. And if he's at a spot where they realize, you know, he's not going to be the guy that we move forward in the future and they roll with Rodgers, the longer they roll with Rodgers and I'm hoping they roll them forever. Yeah, it, it, it'll, it should be till retirement if he proved this at 37. Uh, the less value you get out of Jordan Love. But who knows? You know, the Chiefs obviously saw something with Mahomes. Alex Smith is nowhere near Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But the Chiefs saw something with Mahomes. They're like, yeah, we're ready to move on. The writing was kind of on the wall. So it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, kind of having to try to read what's going on just based on what the Packers front office does or does not do. Yeah. I uh, I got really nothing much else to talk about when it comes to uh, this week's topics, really. The Packers, I mean, we got through it. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it was also excruciating. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't fun to relive, but hey, you got to do what you got to do. There were a lot of details that I was just like kind of blocking out in my memory, and you would bring something up and be like, ah, oh, fuck. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, you know, and just to talk about like Rodgers isn't going anywhere this year. He, he like what 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 worried me is with how smart and like articulate he is and he never says something in the media that he doesn't mean. It's like when he said, you know, a lot of guys including myself's futures are uncertain. Yeah. Like my gut reaction was like, "Oh, that's not good." Yeah. And then you take a little bit to think about it. Yeah, and then you hear like, him go on a show today and talk about it. And it's like, yeah, why was I even worrying? Well, and before, as soon as we drafted Love, he said, like, yeah, like I'm uncertain of my future. So, really, is it that different from what he was saying before? Yeah. Probably not. It just, it kind of got blown up because, you know, the ball got taken out of his hands late in the game and all that. Uh, Rodgers ain't, he ain't go. I'll, I'll say it on record right now. He's not leaving. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and there's a lot of, lot of attention that gets drawn to the fact that hey he kicked LaFleur decided to kick a field goal Aaron Rodgers knows a hundred percent every football player knows a hundred percent that's nobody's decision but the head coaches maybe if you're Tom Brady and you can sway Belichick because you've won five times already with him but in almost a thousand percent of cases that's never going to be his decision so why are you even asking him about it well, and if you ask Rodgers about it, you know what answer you're going to get because he's a competitor and because he's a winner, he's going to say, I want the ball in my hands. Yeah. But if you're Matt LaFleur and you don't think that's the right decision for the team to win the you game, hired as coach. Yeah, you're not going to do it. So, and I think we've seen, you know, Rodgers has talked all season about how good his relationship is with Matt LaFleur. That doesn't really worry me. You know, they're grown men. I think they'll be able to hash things out and yeah. figure it out. So I'm not worried about that. Just. Yeah, <laughs> looking forward to the draft now, see what we can do for next year, I guess. Yep, uh, I mean, you, you say there's always next season. We'll see how many times we can say that before we have to say goodbye to uh, Mr. Rogers. Yeah, you got anything else for this episode? I mean, uh, nothing really went right for us the past week. Nope, <laughs> nope. Hey, it means it's all got to be on the up and up moving forward. Yeah, Donahum, uh, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to like on on the talk because you were looking forward to this little kind of a therapy meeting really. But yeah, I mean, thanks for listening guys. It's been episode 37. Um, I don't know how long it was or how it went, how it listens. I don't really care. I'm just getting all the feelings out. Yep. Yeah, be back next week for the big Super Bowl preview. Yeah, we'll do Super Bowl preview next week. Uh, probably have that as, I mean, the bulk of it, uh, 
sports suck right now. If you're not cheering for an NFL team, you got NHL. It's kind of hard to watch if you don't have the season pass. You got NBA. It's really sucky. Yeah, we got Super Bowl preview next week. God, I almost just said Pats versus Chiefs, and I was like, wait, yeah, those, those are both. I'm just gonna start calling. Yeah, I'm just gonna start calling them the Tom Brady's. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Wow.